Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog This is Nicole's Gaze and Me She's watched the show like a lot of times Who is gonna be chief of surgery? Shonda Rhimes wrote the show and it is really, really good. Meredith Grey. Hi, and welcome to Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I'm so happy that you're listening to this ep, which was some of the most fun I've ever had. Um, the guests for this episode are... Lauren Brickman and Caitlin Bitsagai, who together have their show called Together We Stan. Um, but they're also just two great friends who watch Grays, have watched Grays for a very long time, are encyclopedic in their references. And we bravely decided to tackle just tragedies. <laughs> just all of us brought our favorite tragedies to the table, which is a heinous sentence to utter, but it is what happened. And I don't know, there's just something about talking to people who know you and know the things that you love so deeply. And we had so much fun and laughed so much and also definitely cried because, oh my God, so much stuff on Grace is really sad. So just a heads up, there's some tragedies in there, uh, but I hope that you have as much fun listening to it as we did when we were recording it. And in general, and I, I'm sorry to do these pleas, but it, it really does make a difference, which I hate. Um, I hate that things make a difference. Write it down. But if you do enjoy this podcast, and I really, really hope that you do, it would mean a lot if you would subscribe and rate and review it and say something nice if you can. And you can do that, you know, on Apple Podcasts, but also give it a follow on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And let's just get to it. Let's listen to this up. Welcome to Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. Uh, it's a good title for a good podcast. We're all here. It's fine. Uh, I'm super excited because this feels like a personally historic and also a literally historic episode because, first of all, it's two guests, which is like, I want to say genre breaking. <laughs> and second of all, it's two guests who are part of my very small, special, intimate um, cherished 
community of people who uh, watch Grey's currently, think about it a lot. There are no boundaries. And also, in general, they're pop culture queens. They have an amazing show called We Stand Together. But today, we're here to stand Tragedies? Ugh, okay. <laughs> it's Lauren Brickman and Caitlin Bitsagai. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. I can't believe that we decided to do this subject. <laughs> I can. It takes yeah. real pros to to go where we're going to go. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have to admit at some level when you've stuck through 15 seasons of Grey's Anatomy that you're a trauma junkie. Right. Yeah, right. That's true. You you have a you're a sommelier of uh-huh. tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to start, I mean, what what are each of yours Gray's journeys? Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I started watching it on DVD. Same with my mom. I think maybe three seasons were out and we hadn't seen it, so we watched and um, we loved it. Then I started watching it like Thursdays. Then, really what lost me for a while was buying the hospital. <laughs> so, I think one of the worst plots. And it's just boring. It's so boring. And they took the death of like beloved characters and they were like, let's have a lot of contract episodes. <laughs> so I had to peace out for a while. But then I was like, hmm, what's going on on Crazy Anatomy? <laughs> so I think I just tuned back in and then later went back to, because I like missed Derek's death initially. Mm. Got oh. back in and then went back and watched Derek's wow. death. That's a big, that's a big section to miss because buying the hospital is like season nine Maybe and I'm, he dies and like. It's very possible I came 12. back and then quit again. <laughs> I think that I have Anything's quit twice. possible. Yeah. I, I've said this on the pod before, but I, I've only quit once, like truly quit where I didn't watch for a year. Mm-hmm. And it was when Meredith came back from Derek's death and then immediately got brutally assaulted. <laughs> anyway, um, um, yeah, I started watching it immediately when it came on the air. Like it started my senior year of high school, second semester, uh, getting ready to get out of town. This right? new, new friends, too, right? new friends moved in, uh, was into it right away. And then Grace is that weird thing where like I think that I've broken up with it, but then I go back to watch episodes that I think I've missed, and I'm like, no, I've seen that. Right. Um, so I can't figure out where I took my breaks. So I don't know if I've ever has really Grace, taken a break. Has Grace ever been syndicated, or was it just kind of never in that zone? I don't like it. Was never like daily on USA. Or no, it, like it that. is. It's oh, okay. um, I think on Lifetime. Oh, Great. That Good. Makes sense. I'm glad to hear that. See, the thing is, is Grace they deserve is, it. Yeah. Grace was the show that taught me about how to stream. Like it was the like because ABC was streaming. <laughs> oh, episodes, I see. I gotcha. And I remember in my dorm room, it was the first TV show I ever like caught up with on the internet. Do you remember the original sort of branding of it was kind of different? Like yeah. they would use martini glasses. Like they were trying to yes. tell us it was Sex in the City with doctors a yes. little bit, which it's not. <laughs> but yeah, they were trying to. I mean, we were all in on that. So well, yeah. Joe was very important, the bartender at the beginning. He right. was a central character. <laughs> and yeah. I do appreciate that there's now a different character named Joe, because that's real life. People have the same names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. true. It's so realistic for there to be <laughs> two Joes in Seattle. <laughs> and and they do spell differently, and they are different genders. But and I don't know if they've ever met. No, that's because true. by the time uh, 
girl Joe showed up. We had forgotten that we once used to hang out with the Regularly bartender the named bar. Joe. A gay, a gay bartender. That's Did a you- twist. Walter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Walter's a twist. <laughs> yeah. But you know someone at one of those like exec meetings was like, oh, so this is like cheers, but for doctors. And they're like, that's it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's what we're going for <laughs> here. Like also that. We love it. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. Um, but then since, you know, we came together with a couple other blessed souls, found each other mm-hmm. on social media as people that were still watching Grey's and have <laughs> unified our love. Now, I mean, I do not miss. Yeah. I can't imagine quitting. Yeah. I I know. I'm, I'm in. No. I'm in until it or I die. Those <laughs> yeah. are the only I mean, two ways the thing I is, is, How do you know which will it's come first? It's really 50-50. Yeah. I, I mean, no doubt. <laughs> Because One, here's the thing: any day I could die, but it's yeah. not every day that Grace could get canceled. No, no. Also, no, no. I just have this feeling that Justin Chambers won't let the show die. Like something tells me, like he's. Oh gonna my god! Keep it going I just forever. gave myself. Oh god! What about a reboot with Zola, <gasps> the main character, and her like Weber is Karev? Oh, wow! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Okay, I didn't think we were gonna face. I'm hiding my face from the listeners. <laughs> I didn't think that I'd start crying this soon into the episode, but like, wow, that shook me. <sighs> I do think that it would be great if Zola had a little bit more of a personality. And I hate to give that note to a genuine yeah. child actor, but a lot of the use of Zola currently is her being like, mommy, what happens after some really adult concept? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Just because I'm adopted doesn't mean that <laughs> mommy isn't my mommy, right? Like, it's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you but know. It, at the same time, it's like that tracks for what Meredith Grey's child would be like, right? Kind of. Yeah. It's so weird that most recent, not most recent, but one of the recent episodes where her kid has a uh, superhero themed birthday right, party. Bailey. And I was like, we, what a weird that brings us into the reality in such a strange yeah. way. In a way that we've never tried before on this show. They've never mentioned any pop culture thing on it at all. No. Like there's ne- they've never mentioned a TV show or a movie. No. Nope. Maybe not even a band. <laughs> so then for suddenly in like season 15 them to be like, yeah, he's a Marvel fan. My son loves superheroes. I was like, whoa. It really messed me up because I've always sort of justified that they live in another sort of like plane of reality. And now we have to because of the timeline. Because we don't know what year it is on Grey's Anatomy at all. Like in in the episode that uh, we were discussing fully like a year goes by. Yes, that's true. And then I do think that at some point when they get iPads in the hospital, they do (laughs) somehow in that plot point. Yeah, (laughs) there is like some talk. Speaking of just plots Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you're just like, I can't believe that we have to watch this. The buying the hospital is definitely one. But when Bailey decides to redo the lobby of the hospital (laughs) and you just keep seeing her checking in on the construction, I was like, what the fuck? Bailey's tough because they've wanted her to be perfect. So there's not been like places to go. And now they're trying to even make that like pathologized. Yeah. And it's it's just nothing quite fits. Yeah. I don't enjoy her marriage, which is too bad. No. no. And I, I feel bad for the actor that plays her son because he's constantly having to be the focus yeah. of different like social problem episodes. Yeah. He did. Um, Consent. He did consent and he, he did, did uh, police brutality. Police brutality. <laughs> <laughs> and his 11 year old gets called to set. Like, 
Uh, hey, can, guess what? <laughs> we have to talk to you, the actor, about how we have to talk to you, the character, about what happens in interactions with the police or a girl. And he's like, cool. Uh, this week I want to spend my paycheck on some sweet new cakes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Warren, though. I'm yeah, not a fan either. No, I... Yeah, Caitlin and I were actually discussing this briefly on our way here. I've, like, realized my, like, feelings on the men of Grays have changed so drastically. Yeah. And I don't know if that just is, like, because I'm, I'm in such a different place than I was 15 years ago as a high school student watching this. I don't think you are. I don't think I am. <laughs> that can't be it. And I don't think that's it. I think, like... I don't know. Something in the universe of Grays has changed, and now I look at most of the men in the world, and I'm like, "Oh, you suck." I, I do feel like Karev has kind of lost his sheen for me, and interesting. And I, he's one of my favorite characters, but like, not getting to see him with patience it really impacts yeah. how he is as a character. Like mm-hmm. just seeing him as a husband to Joe, it. I liked the chief stuff when he started to be really good at it. Like yeah. that I really loved. But that was always a finite storyline yeah. and it it was dwarfed by so many other things. It didn't get the it didn't get the honor it deserved. He was yeah. better than that. He was better than the time they gave us with him as chief. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, he But as like a human being in the world of Greys, I don't hate on him the way that I have started to grow to hate like Owen. Oh, Owen needs to go. Yeah. And I I just think it's like when you've it's like we've been in a relationship for a really long time and like it's not working anymore and like no one wants to admit it, but like we've gotten all we need to get out of him. I just how many I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about like Teddy and Karasik, but I fucking love that. Lauren Karasik, big. Oh my god, he, talk about. I, I, there's a man that I do have good feelings about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, he was so um, cocky and one dimensional and such an asshole when we first met him, but he was then a really good doctor. Yeah. And I, I, I was thinking about this with the most recent episode, um, not the one that's airing currently as we sit Which here. Is, Sort of magical, so like crazy happening. Right we're making now. our own grays right now. But, ah. but as we're recording, last week's episode was the like very special episode about consent and sexual assault that got a lot of publicity. And one thing that it made me realize is part of the reason why I I hate Deluca is that we don't know how he is as a doctor. Like that used to be like a really crucial Mm -hmm. character development thing. He's gotten bogged down with the family way too quick. Their storytelling has been weird on him and I'm liking him more, but like in similar way to Karev that we kind of unpacked his trauma Mm -hmm. slowly. It's a lot of, here's my dad, here's my sister, here's what happened. Yeah, she's Italian. (laughs) Yeah, it was sort of like Ellen walked into the writer's room and she's like, I'm willing to do scenes with him. Figure it out. Yes. And I and I have no proof of that. But for a very long time, I have held the belief that like she has started calling the shots of who she wants to work with. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked on our private Facebook group uh, (laughs) that I sadly am not a part of anymore because I don't have a Facebook, but about like. Sarah Drew's departure really Ugh. illuminated what the friend groups are because mm-hmm. based on who posted about her versus Jessica Capshaw, yep. like that was a really 
uh, illuminating. illuminating moment. Yeah. yeah. And as I think you've mentioned this on the pod previously, but like I'll admit like we've all been a part of those Instagram deep dives yeah. and we see who you post about. We see totally. who you comment on. Yeah. I may or may not slide in there and ask you questions. I know you won't <laughs> respond, but I'm going to keep trying. The triangle that we were previously exploring oh. between lesbian intern glasses and Janine Mason of So mm-hmm. You Think You Can Dance fame. That was a challenging one too. That was fun. That was a fun down. one. To <laughs> that was Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. For those of you guys who aren't psychos, that's <laughs> weird. Why are you listening? They were part. <laughs> why are you here? And yeah. also, part of that intern class, or as they affectionately call themselves on the Sarah Drew directed Emmy nominated web series, The B Team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen every B Team episode. Oh, I've seen none of them, and I, I never can. <laughs> Okay, that's a choice every super fan has to make for themselves. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, that class of interns includes glasses, the girl with a hijab, whose name we've never no, learned. We no, we don't know. Never no. shared her name No, we don't. Ne- we, we know everything we need to know about her. All we know about her is that she loves Jackson, and that's all we need to know. I, I adore her, and she's also very beautiful. She's, she's so pretty. So pretty. <laughs> she's yeah. so pretty. But then there's also um, the blonde, who uh, is... Gay or bi? I mean, I or, think, I, I'm not. I don't know. It seems like she's, but she like just, has a crush on Meredith. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think her sexuality oh. is Meredith Gray. Yeah. Oh, J.C. Elliot. Yes, yeah. J.C. Yeah. Elliot. Yes. And I forget what her character's name is. So J. I and then there was Janine Mason who departed to be on uh, the pilot of Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, it's not just a pilot; it is a series. Well, now it is, but she left just to do the pilot, which wow. was oh, yeah. bold. And yeah. she, so glasses calls Janine Mason. His best friend. Yes. JC calls glasses her, her best, best friend. friend. <sighs> and we spent a solid week of our lives unpacking this triangle <laughs> and wondering if they were dating and if maybe like he was in love with Janine. We now know that he, like his character, is gay. gay. Right. And that. That came so much later after yeah. our exploration. But yeah, th- there's there's a I do agree that I think that like. I couldn't possibly tell you how to say Jinan, Giacomo, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever. DeLuca's. DeLuca. Yeah. Yeah. Like, clearly, Ellen Pompeo was like, I can tolerate him. I like to be around him. Give me scenes with him. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Cause she's talked, she has talked a lot in press about how she felt so chained to um, Derek and his character for so many years and that she was so frustrated that as soon as he left, it was like panic at the network to be like, right. we have to find someone, we have to find someone and that she felt like she was getting these men like shoved down her throat. Yeah. Um, and you're a Riggs fan. Caitlin, yeah, are you? I love Riggs. We yeah. love, we hear I, for Riggs. I didn't like him or I, it's not that I disliked him at first. I just wasn't like oh, totally like on first. board at first, but then I, I really came yeah. to like him um, Alana Bennett, when she was on, talked a lot about Scott Speedman, which I know we are all Scott Speedman. Yeah, yeah, fans. we all I like literally Speedman. just got a chill when you said his name because yeah. he's. So... But this is the second thing you brought up where, like, is Scott Speedman's character somehow related to Henry Scott Foley's character? Yes. Yeah. I feel that they are. Like, I, they have to be. Spiritually, they're yeah. connected. And similarly, our Karasik and Peter McNichol's character, like, somehow medical partners in this. And where is Peter McNichol? Because I don't think he ever left the hospital. <laughs> that, that is a thing. One of His my, doctor, who I can't remember the name of, I think still works there. We just never hear from him. It what was what was his he, specialty? I believe he was pediatrics uh, because he was uh, when, uh, I think, when Arizona went to Africa sometime, you know, the yeah. entire continent, mm-hmm. which she would sometimes go to. Yeah. Um, and because uh, Kepner was work, I think Kepner was doing a peds 
rotation and she was working for him. And again, as far as like looking back at the time, he asked her out and it's played like, oh, it's awkward because he's a nerd and not completely inappropriate. (laughs) He's my boss. Yeah, that's right. And she doesn't think it's a date. I I forgot that it was peds yeah i think but then, but then you see that he's really no it is because he's an asshole but then you see that he's actually really good with the kid yeah. and yeah. that softens her and she ends up like wanting to do it yeah. yeah but sorry just to kind of bring this back around <laughs> to where this came do you like Karasik and teddy together yes i love Very it so see, i love I feel it complicated i do but something about like we've been in this so long with the teddy and owen i like need well, to see it actually so this is a good segue into <laughs> didn't you see it in germany though was that not enough that was a great app i i think that we needed we we never need to see owen and teddy actually get together again they're having a child they're linked together forever but i think that gray's is thirsty for a tragedy and i think owen needs to die I'm we, say it's it. been a really long time since we had a death. It's yeah, crazy it that true. it's crazy that April got in a car accident, didn't die, then left medicine anyway, and just became like a doctor to the homeless in yeah. Seattle. She's in Seattle. nearby. In we, <laughs> she could be having lunch with Peter McNichol, like right outside yeah. Grace Sloan, and <laughs> we, we have no don't idea. See it. The thing is, is that like when they don't kill you off, it's kind of worse. It's kind of worse. Yes, I agree. She got the Katherine Heigl treatment, and it's like, ooh. That's undeserved. She's just like. Here's my thing with Owen. Is Kevin McKitt, this is wild, too good of an actor? Oh, he's Because great. I think that he's almost overcommitting in a way that's yeah. that's making Owen repulsive. He's been doing that for a really long time. I think that he is a good actor, but he's so one note. Like everything is like out of 10 yeah. and yes. I hate that. And also, and I've said this before, but like it would be amazing for him to kiss normal. Yeah. <laughs> he just like fully eats the face of whoever he's kissing and I yeah. just would love if he kissed normal took the intensity of just a a simple kiss down from a 10 that would help me yeah I like I think I was on board with Owen for so long because I just have like a raw animal attraction to yeah. him and like I, I could just get lost in his face and hair for like years and I did <laughs> um, and then when I finally emerged I go but he's not like a good person. No, but he's never been a good person. No, that's no. Okay. He came he's home got- from Iraq and did not tell his mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we can start there. A midpoint would be when he uh, destroyed his relationship with Christina because yeah. she got an abortion. Yeah. Right. Which they played as if they equally had their right to feel their, that way. And it's like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, and his stuff with Amelia has never been compelling to me. It's always well, been felt like a very B-team relationship. It, and I just don't care. It's really hard. It's like, it's two characters that we like at one point cared about and then you could feel that we stopped caring about them both and putting them together isn't going to save the family, mom. Like, Yeah, right. Just let them go. I think that we could... Uh, so... It, it sounds like I'm being really negative because I'm listing a lot of characters I don't like. But I love mm. Teddy. I love Karasik. Love. I love Mare. I still do love, love Karev. I mm-hmm. just want to see him with patience more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people people I'd be ready to say goodbye to Ooh. include Owen. Yep. And I hate to say it, Maggie. A thousand percent. Yeah. I just like. She, it I just ne- never I took ne- off. She never clicked see? for me. And I am not a so fan. Shout out to Kelly McCreary, who I famously did one sketch with 10 years ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that. And I this, and I love that. Yeah. I see, think that she does a good job. And, and it's just not well written. But also written. her chemistry with Jackson. Oh. Is, that's the thing. That's the thing. For me is that I keep seeing like glimmers of her. Because I think she's really. A go- I like her approach as an actor. Like when she's in scenes and when she's 
doing medicine, which sometimes I forget the shows about medicine. But like, I like her. Like, me, like I like her being like a really good badass young doctor. Thing. I think it was really hard to bring in someone who's like a young cardiothoracic prodigy after Christina, yeah. because for That's us true. it's like, so Christina was this brilliant, you know, once in a medical career, a cardiothoracic surgeon who then leaves and then is replaced by like a preternaturally talented, like very young cardio chief. Who yeah. It just was a lot up top. And I, I think I actually kind of have a similar complaint about her than I do about DeLuca, which is like, we've never really gotten a huge feel for like how she is when we haven't seen them be develop as a doctor yeah. and they come in fully harder. formed, it's harder. way harder it to like, harder. and that's why I think Karasik works so well for me because even though they totally overcorrected and made him like a super asshole and a super genius to start, it gave us like a flavor for at least yeah. what his whole deal is. Yeah. And now they've been able to like kind of carve some nuance into it. And I really like him. And I also, I think he's a really good actor and I like how he is around Teddy. I do. I think the difference between like Karasik is like, there's an actor who's been around and like he didn't need grays. You know what I mean? Yes. So he walked in with confidence. I think Kelly McCreary walks in and like right. she was greener and I, I did not, I was not a big Maggie fan, but she's slowly winning me over. I just think the problem is, is that she is so wrapped up in this Avery family bullshit I can't that I'm stand. just yeah. so bored with. I'm just so bored. And they I'm keep so bored. telling us like that's a family unit. It's like you've all told known each other like two years. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, true. it's just wild that it's like, more of it's not like, hey, what what kind of foods do you eat? Like, yeah. It's just like really basic questions instead of like, this is something we've always struggled with as a family since 2017. Yeah. I'm just like, get out of here with this. I'm so I, I think Karasik, what is that actor's name? He played Richard Fish on Adam I was going to say his name was Richard Fish. That's what, that's I, just that's his what I called him in our real. group for a long time. But he he's lucky because he shares a lot of traits with Richard Fish. Fish. So yeah. if you already liked that character, you yeah. come in and you assume likability. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you guys at with Joe these days? You know, I'm... If you had asked me who I wanted to kill off this time last year, Joe would have been at the top of the list. Right now, I could take a reliever. Like, fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super interested in, like, the ins and outs of her marriage. No. And the fact that she's, like, in this kind of floating position in the hospital where it's like yeah. they had to find extra room yeah. in the budget for her. Anything where, like, I'm privy to <laughs> Grace Lynn Memorial's budget yeah. is usually not, like, a, something I'm passionate oh, about. No. One of the worst plots of all time for me is Karev being arrested for beating up DeLuca. DeLuca. Yeah. And that's, see, like, DeLuca, they they tried to reinvent him Amelia style, but they didn't give him a brain tumor. No. So he came in. He was an intern who had history with Janine Mason. She, she, the way that one of them ate chips turned the other one on. They were in love. But before that, he was fucking Maggie. He was fucking Maggie. Like, I forgot and then about he, that. Until and then he like tucked in a drunk Joe and then was going to maybe like press charges against Karev. It's just... They've tried a lot of different things. Yeah. None of them seem related to the other. And none right. of them have to do with how he is as a doctor. Right. I think yeah. he was like an EMT. And so he was particularly good as an intern and was cocky when he came in. But it's well, like that's when also he's, fallen away. When he's introduced, because I just happened to rewatch this episode recently, he comes in and he introduces himself 
it's in an emergency and he introduces himself as a doctor, but he doesn't make it clear that he's an intern. Oh, oh yeah, that's in right. In the class. Right, right, right. Um, and there's like resentment towards him yeah. amongst yeah. the interns. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. It's I, tough. It's all it, tough. We're they're doing, doing the best they can. Yeah. I just, and I, I, I say this a lot, but it's like, I think that if we could just try to do kind of a traditional three patient arc. Yeah. Let's try. We, we Let's just give it a try. See yeah. if it, if, if it still works. I yeah. bet it will. I think we just need to do a good old fashioned tragedy, kill some people yeah. off and we'll all be in better shape. And not for nothing. I think we're getting to a point where we maybe need to bring somebody back who hasn't been around in a while. Yeah. I, who do you think? It could be a Callie. Oh, I would love. I wish. I I would love. I don't think she's going to be ready. I don't think she anytime would. Anytime soon. I wish. That would I miss really Callie nice. in Arizona desperately. Very much. I loved too. them. I, I loved them. We got really bogged down in like the ins and out of their marriage towards the end. Yeah. But yeah, I miss, I miss them a lot. And an underrated friendship was Christina and Callie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bowen and I talked about when yeah. Christina asks Callie to be her bridesmaid, and that's just such a good I'm, scene. I loved the Arizona Karev thing. Like, I oh, that's the way she pushed him to be better yes. was so. I loved it. every time I saw them yeah. on screen together. I'd smile. And something that I think is interesting is like that was an echo of the Addison Karev yeah. mentorship, and it's like we can kind of reinvent some of these dynamics yeah. that yeah. we know work. Yeah. We just don't. We don't go there. We try and do something new, which tends to be these like kind of after school special, like a very special episode. Like today on Grays, we talk about police brutality. We talk about, you know, yeah. consent. And I just we used to be able to kind of embed those into right. the patients. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I miss that. Yeah. And I'm we wistful. And we haven't had like a really, really badass, like can't like big star coming in with a big medical problem in a while. That's yes, true too. That is so true. And I miss Where them. are the Demi Lovatos? Where, Where are the Mandy Moores? Where, Where are the, the Moores? as I oh remember today, Seth Green's and his um and his artery. Yeah. And that Lexi while he was laughing with Lexi. Honestly, Mandy Moore, this is us owes everything to Grey's Anatomy. Absolutely. Absolutely. They Grey's Anatomy brought us a brunette, Mandy Moore, ready to act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ready a walk to, to remember oh. might take that credit, but that was it's she not, was a girl then. It, She's a woman yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I just I love and her, her husband is the host of Are You the One? Oh episode. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so we have Are You the One? Yeah. Of Grace. I guess earlier this season we did have Josh Radner on one episode trying Ooh. to whisper into Meredith's. You but know, that was lady a, parts. That was like not a celebrity. I don't know. Yeah, fair, fair. You're right. I, I liked the episode. I mean, I liked the episode. I still don't understand why they couldn't go on a second date. Oh, she was a little did. weird about that. Yeah, she was. I like, was like, that's you're coming on. You're coming in hot, Meredith. Calm down. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, let's um get to clips in a second. First, we're just going to take a quick break. Sure. Okay. Well, come back to the place where you've been this whole time. It's yes. this 
podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the podcast all the time because it has my name in it and that feels crazy. Um, so this episode, we're talking about tragedies mm-hmm. and we each kind of collected some clips. Right. We ranked our favorite tragedies. Because it's the that. heart of it. This is truly, though, why I love the show. Like, for instance, last season or two seasons ago, when Meredith won the Harper Avery, mm-hmm. which has been, and honestly, on rewatch, it's unbelievable how early the ha- Harper Avery comes up and is like a theme. In yeah. some, it, it's an award you can win for surgery, um, <laughs> for being good at surgery. <laughs> I think if I told someone that's never watched that Meredith Grey won that, they'd be like, well, yeah, it's like Grey's Anatomy. She's going to win the award. Oh, I didn't think she was going to win that award no, at all. This show no. is punishing. Yeah. The show is punishing. We watched Christina lose the award. Yeah. So I'm like, well, Meredith's losing the award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she, like, that was a waterworks moment, not a tragedy, but Ooh. she yeah. won. No, the, the show builds a really, really strong foundation, and it's kind of wild how they're able to kind of, like, thread through some things from the early show, uh, the early seasons, and it pays off. yeah. Because the thing that I do like about like tragedy in the world of Grey's is that like as ridiculous as some of these tragedies gets, like the feeling that you get watching mm-hmm. these episodes does feel like when you're going through tragedy. Like, because I always yeah. feel like in life, like you're always like, of course this is happening. It's so ridiculous. Like when yes. real tragedy, real trauma is happening, everything gets piled on. And I'm like, oh, watching Grey's as ridiculous as it sounds if you talk to someone who's never seen an episode before when you're watching it the feelings feel realer than like any other show I've ever watched well and it's a testament I think too to the writing that like a seeing something kind of wild or unrealistic happen but seeing people who you know really well yeah. react in the exact way that they would react mm-hmm. makes those events real like right. things right. like a shooter in the hospital that where there's also the SWAT team in the hospital and yet somehow the shooter meets every single main character like that's cuckoo but right every single character has such a genuinely like true to themselves reaction yes. to a crisis that it it kind of takes away the lack of realism. Like you, it's so much easier to suspend disbelief when the acting and the writing is as consistent as it yes. is in these episodes. And yes, yeah. But I was curious about because we kind of each chose like kind of different scopes. How did you define tragedy when you were pulling your clips? Hmm. I chose something that was super sad, but had a an undercurrent of like unfairness to it. Yes, that was, I think, for what sure. I think also like a surprise for me, like something yeah. where these storylines could have gone a different way and you wouldn't have questioned it, but they decided to gut wrench you. And for me, because I guess like in the world of Grey's, for me to like something to escalate to the word tragedy is it has reverberations yeah. that right. like impact more than just like that obvious character or more than just that obvious scene and like like a lot of the clips that um I pulled I think are still affecting storylines now in season 15. Yes. Um that's something I love about point. Grace is that they really sometimes to the show's detriment. The characters have like memories yeah. for right. some, for the biggest events yeah. like the fact that the season after the plane crash Christina and Meredith both like can't get on planes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. duh. Yeah. Like, of yeah. course. Uh, other shows, I don't think, would commit to that as hard. No. They wouldn't, especially with the clout that Grey's had at that point in season nine. It's like, you wouldn't need to. Mm-hmm. Who would give a mm-hmm. shit? Yeah. But they, they definitely 
But that's why it is to their detriment because then you have episodes like, was it last season when all of a sudden Richard had that nurse he cared about? And I was like, where the hell has she been? I've never seen this woman before. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, come on now. That was, man, that was one of, season 14 wasn't like a great season for me as a watcher. I, I didn't love it. Season 13 was worse. Season 14 was better. 15 has been better than 14 for me. And uh, that was one of the only genuine like true waterworks moments for me is when he came out and told them like she didn't make it. I was like, oh, yeah. Again, somehow he pulled it. Yeah, he pulled it out. But I was I spent most of that episode thinking, how dare you? There are other nurses who have been around that I recognize. This one came out of nowhere. Yeah. Don't fool me. There's a nurse. We haven't seen him in a long time, but the one who black nurse who I thought was gay and then he ends up trying to seduce Bailey. Yeah. He could die. <laughs> For sure. You can bring him back and kill him. I actually just watched a clip of him um, because he was like talking to Scott Foley's character who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. And was thinking about him today and how much I liked him more than Ben Warren. Yeah. I, I really liked him. I conflated them in my memory and then upon rewatch I was like wait these are different this is totally different plots. Well, and it's weird because we meet Ben and then she ditches Ben she ditches for yeah. Hot Nurse and then she ditches Hot Nurse for Ben. And well, doesn't and, tell Ben that she slept with Hot Nurse. And it's strange yeah. because they both do non-surgical medical jobs when she meets them. Yeah. One's yes, a that's nurse. Right. He's an anesthesiologist. An anesthesiologist, that could be its own episode because the way that these surgeons feel about anesthesiologists is quite negative. <laughs> <laughs> they think they are scum. There are yeah. several episodes where they just fuck something up. You know, I would love to see the episode, the Christmas party episode, where the the anesthesiologists show up and everyone else agrees. It's just like, no, get out of here. I could be wrong, but I think the anesthesiologist who gets who's drunk at work. Oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. we see him again. I think he doesn't lose his job. I could be wrong. I think there's another there, there's where George calls out that he's drunk, but yeah. then there's a I think there's another episode where an anesthesiologist messes up. Then recently there's been the episode where the anesthesiologist accidentally puts it in Owen yeah. instead of the patient. I mean, they are just <laughs> dumb fuck ups. It's wild. And it's just very funny. Every scene you see in surgery, there is another MD in there that doesn't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> he's Amazing. usually like Doing a crossword puzzle or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Why was Ben so great in the writer's minds? Or like, what? What? I don't know. I think he just might be really nice. I think that they... On set. <laughs> and that might be rare. It, it goes like not. Way. It's not a super happy set. So like, I'm sure if you're like a genuinely nice person and the writers are like, yeah, let's keep him around. That's but true. to be fair, as much as I, I really don't care for Ben and don't... I'm not... I'm not moved by their relationship at all. On paper, they nailed it because yeah. they right. because they have someone who Bailey is condescending to. She's in charge, and he calls her out. He's excellent at his job; mm-hmm. like he's a good anesthesiologist. And they find a way to find someone who's like an equal, who she has to respect, who isn't afraid of her, but works at the ho- like. On paper, I think they nailed it. Just oh my god! Remember his proposal, the crossword puzzle. He's oh, had, he's had, no, I forgot about that. He's Listeners, had, Nicole's you know. left the room. She's upset. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've never seen Nicole throw something before. That was wild. Oh, she said, she texted us, don't bring up the crossword. Yeah. It's too dark. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That sucks. It's so annoying because he ends up asking her to marry him like when they're annoyed at each other. Because like, yeah, he, he makes a very, plan. he makes a crossword when it's very easy because it's supposed to spell out, will you marry me? But then she's like, it's too easy. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, okay I guess so we Ben Warren get... can die with Owen in a boating accident. It'll... Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Should we start with you, Caitlin? With yeah. your Please. Clip? Okay, so the first the first clip that we have is the woman who gets aphasia. Would you like to set this up, please? So this is a patient of Derek and Lexi's. Um, and she, I believe, is a law student. And like there's mm-hmm. You should know. I said there's an element of surprise, though I famously can predict no plot lines. And you should know something's going to go wrong because they're they're talking way too much about her promise at the beginning and like how great she is. And it's like one more brain surgery and then she's fine. <laughs> uh, but lo and behold, I forget exactly the mechanics of the problem of what happened. That's weird. You don't remember the mechanics of brain surgery? Well, uh, well yeah. I rewatched the episode last night, so I can I can chime in yeah. a little bit, which is right. that. For some reason, Derek can't be in. So Meredith has already fucked up the um, clinical trial. Right. And he kind of invites her back on neuro because they're swamped. I think. I don't know. Yeah, that that, sense. that part that I didn't sense. see the front. Uh, the the front part of that episode. The, front part. <laughs> the you know the um the Beginning? face. I didn't mm. see the face of the episode. Mm-hmm. But it ends up being Meredith and Lexi who are dealing with some type of like assist or some you know some mm-hmm. some. Thing in Can her I just say brain. every time we say Lexi, I start to well up because I miss it's her. So I miss much. her. It's really rough. So much. I miss Tyler her. Tyler so Lee, what were you thinking? Uh, okay, sorry. I just. Yeah, no, it it sucks. I feel like she was my sister, and um, I'm never really going to recover fully. I that's understand. Normal. That's normal. But they are in the surgery, and um, she also has a tumor, and Derek <laughs> is going to come and deal with the tumor. But that's like less pressing. Like the tumor is like there, but like it's uh-huh. not. It's not like there's for whatever reason it's not a problem. And Lexi looks at it and she's like, "It's right there. It would be so right. easy to get." Right. And Meredith's like, "We wait for Derek." And then the next scene that we see is Meredith going into Derek's OR and him being like, "I'll be there as soon as possible." And she's like, "We're actually all done. We closed her up." And you'll never believe it. Lexi took out the tumor and she got clean margins and everything. I forgot this part. And Derek gets really upset and he's like, I knew it was a mistake to let you back on neuro and to be, you know, for you to be in this (sighs) OR with her. And why did you let her do that? And, um, and so the first scene that from this is when she wakes up and they're trying to, then they're going to find out if like, the surgery went okay. Oh my God. Where is Lexi? I told her to go wait for the labs. It's going to be fine. Oh God, honey. We're Laura's parents. We were in Rome. We just got here. I'm Dr. Shepard. This is Dr. Gray. How is she? Laura's surgery went very well. Her vitals are excellent. We won't know more until she comes out of the anesthesia. Well, she's starting to come around. Hey, Lori. How are you doing? Hmm? Let me look at you, okay? Well, responses are good. Follow this for me. Up, down. How you feeling? Honey, we're right here. Well, that's a good sign. Ask me, Oh. So she's lost speech. She can understand everything people are saying. She can knows what she wants to say. She can't say it. She never will be able to. 
and I she never mean, it's yeah I know what you mean though in the sense that like it definitely did not have to go that way <laughs> yeah there was they could have learned the lesson and it still could have worked but no I think like what's incredible when you think about like Grey's is like there was a time when like the whole premise of the show was just like how much can we beat up on Meredith Grey right this was a tough time because the 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 trial was, uh, she was very unlikable when she was messing with that to me. Yeah. Yeah. I and, agree with that. And I love Meredith now, but at the time it was really rough. Yeah. Right. Because to compromise it in the way that she did was so unethical and it was really unfair to everyone involved, including Adele. Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh, wait. Uh. Yes, Adele. I was like, that's the different mm-hmm. trial. But yes. Yeah. No, um, yeah. It was the, it was the Alzheimer's mm-hmm. trial. Yeah. Okay. And then the other part of this that I pulled just because- this scene is also a scene that they didn't necessarily have to include is when Meredith tells Lexi what happened. Oh, oh man. When we took out the tumor, we damaged Broca's area. So she can understand speech and she knows what she wants to say, but she can't say it. Okay, well, just tell me that he can fix it. (laughs) He can't. It's irreparable. What do you mean? I mean, she's not going to be able to talk. She's 27. She, he, he has to fix it. I mean, there, there has to be something. There isn't. I mean, this is my fault too. I shouldn't have let you do it. Oh God. Oh my God. She, I, it, 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 it was right there. I, I, mean, I, I, I never would have done it if you saw it. I know. I, I mean, know. You're not going to cry right now. You're going to go and talk to Derek. And he is going to be pissed and disappointed, and he's going to scream at you, and he won't look at you for days. Just take it, and you'll move on, and you'll learn from this, and you will never make this mistake again. Yes, yeah, that's uh, good. Benjamin's training well. We didn't know how good we had it when Lexi was there. Did we ever really appreciate no, her when no, she was there? We didn't. And it's also- and and it's not entirely our fault because some of her last moments had little Sloan, and that. Yeah. No one could have predicted that. Oh, right. <laughs> right. I forgot. Um, that's actually, I had not seen that scene in a while. Ugh. It's crazy that Meredith doesn't feel more guilty. It's like partly my fault. I mean, it's mostly your fault, Meredith. Like well, you were the head she's person. Trying to, she's trying to teach her sister those tough lessons that she's learned herself. Well, and, the, and there's a scene in between where Derek explains to the parents. Yeah. And Meredith is prepared to say that it's her fault. And Derek is like, I made a judgment. This was not an outcome I anticipated. And she gets really upset. And she was like, this is my fault. I'm the one who told Lexi. And he's like, no, this is my fault. Because right. I let you into this OR and I trusted you. And I should have done that. That yeah. is true too. <sighs> I think that it's just, it is good to have an episode like that occasionally um, where, because they are so high strung. And most people are high strung about stuff that doesn't matter. But then you remember, oh, there's gigantic consequences to everything they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. I had totally forgotten about that case until you emailed me about too. it. Wow. I don't know. That one sticks with me. I think something I, I like, this whole like putting this together made me realize is like how often they have to tell each other terrible things. Right. Like the characters yes. on this show are I think constantly. that was a big part of it. That's a big part of one of my later ones as well. Yeah. Because I was thinking there's that's a theme that's going to emerge as we unveil these clips. Yeah. So, well, what, something that you pulled, Caitlin, that there wasn't really a great clip, but 
it was season three, episode seven, where the woman, the pregnant woman falls in the shower. Yeah. Mm. So this has that exact element. And that I, that was the moment, strangely, that I thought of as the tragic moment. Mm -hmm. So she falls in the shower. Uh, she's sort of just getting checked up. It seems like it's going to be okay. She definitely, like, fucked up her wrist. Yeah. Like, that is That's what it, the focus. And that's why Callie is there because Ortho is there. And Addison is there to just check on the baby. But people fall down. It's fine. And initially, Addison sees the screen that the baby is uh, stillborn and doesn't tell them. In fact, she goes in the other room and cries, and then she tells Callie first. And that scene, I don't... I don't know. There's something about it where it's, like, two women, too, mm -hmm. about, like, confiding each other over this work thing that's very tragic and just, like, sort of their different roles, too, like as an orthosurgeon versus neonatal. I, I don't know. I found it, like, very touching. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she has to go tell them. And it's a situation where they have to deliver the baby, um, which is like a really hard scene to watch. And again, I guess that's what gets me. It's like it didn't have to go that way. And I love that about Grace, though, too, is that like some of these stories that you're like, they didn't have to go there. But it's like so cool that they went there. Like I've. I know someone that ha had to go through a stillbirth. I do too. And she was just recently uh, posting about how like, uh, as a culture, we love to talk about babies as long as they're alive. Yeah. And she just has this, like she wants to talk about her child. And right. She wants, and she doesn't feel like there's space. And so like thinking about an episode like that, I'm like, what a gift like that kind of is yeah. that it like opens up a dialogue and gives people a space and like. Yeah. And, and, and there is, so there, I there is that really brief scene where Addison is crying in the bathroom, and Callie says, "You know, are you okay?" And and Addison confides what's going on. But what's really interesting about that arc too is like so much of it happens where it's like we see it happening, but we can't hear it because mm -hmm. it's you know we're outside of the patient room where mm -hmm. the delivery is muted. Yeah, over, music is playing over it, and it's just it's really. It's I I don't know one of the one of like the most striking parts of that arc to me is when Addison is like dreading having to go tell them yeah and yeah. and Callie is like wait just give them like a couple more minutes because yeah. they're still happy and as soon as you tell them this they are not going to be happy <sighs> again yeah yeah it's truly. That one really shocked me when it yeah. happened because her wrist is like swollen and horrible and you just yeah think that that is the thing. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's you think that's going to be the whole God, thing. Oh. Addison too. What a Amazing. great. What one a of great the all time great characters we stand. on the show. We stand. I think, totally I think we her. could. I think she should come back for a couple episodes. That's She's one of so the characters too. who I think I could see her coming back and. Also, not for nothing, I watch Private Practice too, and I kind of just want to know th how things are going in that world too. Yeah, there you go. To come update me, and I'm angry every episode I see Amelia's face, and she's not updating me about her friends down in California. <laughs> I haven't, I never finished Private Practice, but I love Amy Brenneman, and I would mm -hmm. love to get her in there. Oh, although uh, therapists do not have a role unless you are Amy Madigan. In, <laughs> true, in one season, I yeah. would love for Addison to walk in and just punch Lady DeLuca in the face. If, like, I'm if, here now. Yeah. You, oh, hello, sex doctor. 
Get out of here, Eat Lady shit. DeLuca. DeLuca's sister is the most violent crime against humanity that's ever been placed. I just, every time I see her, I feel like I'm being personally attacked. Yeah. It's rude. It's a hate crime. Yeah. It's terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. Um, okay. You also chose another pregnancy horrible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk those about get it? To me, this is part of a bigger plot um, with. April, which I'm, guys, I'm not going to apologize for being a April. I'm a April fan. I'm not, um, but that's only because I don't really like April. That said, Sarah Drew does incredible work in this arc. Um, so the Jackson and April uh, get pregnant, and they find out the baby has a very rare disease Ugh. where his bones are like fragile. It, it almost was she giving birth to glass. <laughs> Yeah, though that's like kind of what it is, though. It's the, like, yeah, right. Um, yeah, yes. Okay. To answer your question, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> thank you. And um, so this is like used as a plot point for their discussions about God and stuff, mm-hmm. which can be quite tiring, as we all know. <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, it was just—I mean, it's just classic Grays. Where I mean, I think the wedding where Jackson interrupts is like one of the best scenes of the whole show. When they run away together, I am still haven't caught my breath. And I, God bless that one doctor Stephanie who got the rough end of a lot of plots. Oh my god! She and Jackson she were got burned. <laughs> yeah. Burned to a literal crisp. She had to Her hear, boyfriend died, that like musician. She had to hear yes. Joe complain all the time about yeah. Karev. But, and then she was dating Jackson when he, Yes, yeah. and he literally <laughs> turns to her before he stands up and says, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's so sexy and romantic it's too, so but you're good. like, sorry, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you're ass gonna get dumped. <laughs> <laughs> so they have this wonderful plot where they then get married and but it's just like Grace is like, did you think we're going to get a happy ending? You idiots. <laughs> They're not going to have a healthy baby. They're going to have glass baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> whose name is Samuel, I believe. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, so she, there's all sorts of questions about how to move forward with the pregnancy because I think that they can terminate it earlier, but she wants to carry him as long as she can even knowing that he will die when he's born which is just extra tragic oh god so yeah. <laughs> I well I pulled the part where I, I don't t- totally remember the play by play but yeah. basically like Arizona notices that there's something deeply yes. wrong with the baby and brings Nicole Herman into it mm-hmm. played by Gina Davis and right. Nicole Herman is currently undergoing treatment for her brain tumor by Amelia Shepard. Right. Because <laughs> no one can ever just have like one plot point. No. And so it's, Who, we it's, don't know, but does have a brain tumor also at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's so true. But um, the scene that I, I thought would be good from this that isn't just a hundred percent devastating and it's only 98% devastating is when they get the diagnosis for the first time, and oh, it's yeah. it's a real it's a real Kepner moment that is awful. You know, while Nicole's pulling that up, I'm not going to be surprised if in the series finale, like in Saint Elsewhere, when we find out that it was all inside of a, a an autistic child snow globe, if we were all inside <laughs> of like someone's tumor fever dream. 
if we don't do that plot point already by the time, <laughs> who's to say we won't exhaust yeah, that by you, the time we get to the finale? Giving them a lot of credit. That'll be the series finale. It's going to happen season fifteen finale, and then they're going to have to find a reason to keep going. On. <laughs> it's all for, it's a dream Lexi had from under that plane. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that's a good idea. And you need to like email Christopher Vernoff. <laughs> Vernoff at graze.com. <laughs> okay, here we go. With type 2, we're dealing with low birth weight, underdeveloped lungs, swallowing problems, respiratory problems. If carried to term, type 2 infants typically die within a few hours of delivery, sometimes days. Your baby's also at high risk for intrauterine fracturing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, did you say intrauterine? Yes. My, ba- my baby's bones are breaking inside of my belly. The place he's supposed to be safe, his, his bones are break. No, I just, um, can, can he feel it? His bones breaking him and he can feel it, right? So he's in, he's in pain. Again, I am so sorry. It's a pat little phrase. Oh, and an empty one. <sighs> And she decides to like induce and Mm -hmm. give birth to the baby, and then yeah, they hold him and and it's it's really sad. It's really sad. They kind of never recover from this. No, no, they never. Which is realistic. Yeah, like I don't know how you could recover from that. Yeah, Yeah. it it fully informs who Jackson Avery is at every moment of every day. Which is part of why I think the Maggie thing doesn't totally work for me. Same. I yeah. agree. I And I think the thing that was like so dirty that they did to Sarah Drew is that they had her run off with Matthew. Matthew again. You know what I think could have happened? We would have had to back this track up quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. But Jackson and, and Meredith could have ended up together. They could have found a yeah. way to kind of... Yeah, but if you're going to back that train up, I, I, why go there when eventually Joe's going to die and Karev and Meredith are going to end up together? That's so like, we too. don't need to waste time Do with Jackson. Do you think they're an endgame? I hope so. I I, I hope so. It's going to take a lot of work. A to lot undo of work. the desexualization of their relationship that they've been doing for the past few years. Right. Yeah. The only way it works is if and when Joe dies in a right. terrible tragedy. Uh, they, and then Alex understands fully what she went through with right. Derek. Um, and they did... I don't know if it was last season or season before, share a sandwich together in a way that truly was perplexing. And that's not how people eat food. No. Um, yeah. They stood on a bridge and ate a triangle of a sandwich, bite, 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 <laughs> trading. <laughs> so it's a triangle. So we know it's already cut in half. So we've yeah. got a, We've got a solution. We know what we can do. But so that says something about their intimacy, though. Yeah. My husband and I aren't, aren't at that level yet. No, but you <laughs> and I share. We're not close like enough. Yeah, yeah. just take one bite and then another in the longest, most confusing way. Yeah, um, yeah, Jackson. Yeah, I think he did, he and Yang had a slight thing. They had at the a beginning. little thing. Yeah, they had, there was there was some charge. There's yeah, some charge. and then he was with um, Lexi, right? Yes. He was he and Lexi were a fun thing. They're I not. totally agree. Yeah, yeah. It. I. You know, Jackson was another person who it's like. I can't even tell you the last time we saw him practice medicine. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was recently doing the the fish scales. <laughs> Are we counting that as practicing medicine? He thought it was medicine, <laughs> so I'm true. letting I'm counting it for him because he more, was really proud. It's more just decor. <laughs> he was really proud of that plot point that I had just seen on an episode of Good Doctor. <gasps> wow. 
drama. Yeah. Good doctors yeah. coming for you, Grace. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I watched the first couple episodes of um, New Amsterdam mm-hmm. oh, after yep. highly resisting it because during the Golden Globes, they had, which Sandra O oh co hosted, as we all know, mm-hmm. there was an ad campaign that NBC fucking loves to do that is garbage, where it's like fans being interviewed about why they like a show. They yeah. do this for This Is Us a lot. Yeah. And it was someone going, New Amsterdam is the best show. It is so much better than Grey's Anatomy. And I was <gasps> like, that was so rude. Wow. This is Sarah's night. And wow. It's also wildly untrue. Yeah. I, Almost certainly. It's just yeah. a badly, it's just that show's not And fun. in the way entertainment works now, why would you remind people of another show that they can go onto Netflix and watch 10 seasons of immediately? And a show on Netflix that we are told over and over again, one million people view the pilot every month yeah. that's the number that like no one is debating and teenagers are really into it yeah. uh, last summer my extended family we all did some art together which is odd but my <laughs> um cousin who's a sophomore in high school did a Grey's Anatomy themed painting and I was like wow it's really wow. good I, I saw love photos. that yeah I mean we'll uh, we'll put that painting up on eBay <laughs> for charity uh one million dollars <laughs> sold oh my gosh <laughs> Well, those are Caitlin's clips, and next yeah. we have Lauren's clips. Wow. Although, and we, we and we do need to talk about this. Yeah. You did put on your list, and I did not pull a clip, <laughs> the cyber attack in season 14 as a tragedy. Would love for you to kind of unpack why that made the list. So. <laughs> and for those of you who didn't make it to season 14, and God bless you. the <laughs> They're not enticed by hearing about the cyber attack. <laughs> they just turned this podcast off. There is a... Cyber attack on the hospital. (laughs) That's the whole thing. The the electronic system shut down. (laughs) Bailey is so upset. She's like, can we fix it? The government comes in. It's awful. They like restart the hospital the way you like restart your phone when it's glitchy. (laughs) Also, I met that guy. The, um, the like. Task force uh, tech guy. I've met that actor, and it took Alex me for- Blue. I is that his name? I'm not sure. We met. We were both in a job interview situation, so we were both in a waiting room. Oh man, for a writing job, and oh. we were talked for a while. And he had come in from L.A. And then I saw him, and I was like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> Why did you even consider that writing job when you have the best acting job in the world lined up?" <laughs> Okay, so how I arrived at this as a tragedy was I was trying to brainstorm because one of the things that Kate and Lil and I, like we wear our current on Grey's status with like real pride. Yeah, absolutely. And so like I was kind of trying to be like, wow, when we were talking about tragedies, like, well, what's a current, like a, like a recent tragedy? And I really think that part of why some of the last couple of seasons have felt a little weird because we haven't had like a major like tragedy tragedy I think they let the criticism the get to them yeah. like the stereotype yeah. that it, there are yeah. too many tragedies I think they got self conscious and they like backed down but they had this cyber attack episode <laughs> which felt like sort of like a yeah <laughs> hey fuck you critics we're gonna be relevant and current and have a tragedy because it, 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 it is a it is a real thing that I worry about in hospitals now, how reliant on technology we are. So, like, I was like, that is something that's, like, truly scary about being a person in the world today. But the way they handled it was, like, literally insane. But, like, maybe one of my favorite plot points in recent years is finding out that one of the interns mm-hmm. is on, like, a watch list. Yes. For, for hacking, hacking into the DMV. Yes. And then they try and, like, <laughs> flip it by being like, but it's because he's trans and he was trying to change the gender on his his driver's license, which is like, 
Okay, this I is was just like, hacking into the DMV. I was like, <laughs> and also Bailey's reaction to that. She does the like knowing nod, like you're a good person. <laughs> this recently all came back to me because Joe doesn't know how to use Google, I guess. No, the hacker helps. And so she had to get help from the hacker intern to find out <laughs> stuff about her mom. And he's like, what is her name? What like, cities has she lived in? I was like, this daughter. Is, like, <laughs> yeah, of course. I was like, are we watching an episode of Catfish? Like, what is that? An early episode. An early episode where Neb's like, you guys ever reverse image search? Let me blow your mind. And I was like, anyways, I just love Hacker Intern so much. I think he's great. And I think he's wildly underutilized. I think um, that they were just like, well, he's trans. Yeah. And kind of just like slowly blacked away, like waiting yeah, for the applause. Like, <laughs> like, well, we did it. Like the fact that we never hear for, or see the trans intern and the intern with a hijab like genuinely doesn't have a name. Right. It's like, what? you have to kind of deepen the work a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> More than a little bit. I will say, I love Hacker Intern so much and um, he's, you know what? It's progress though that he's Hacker Intern and not he's trans intern. Absolutely. Yeah. I think of him as a hacker I, first, I, a doctor second, <laughs> a trans man third, and no fourth thing. <laughs> he's just, I just love him so much. I think, and I think, I don't know. I, anyways, but um, I think I labeled it in my email as the silliest tragedy ever. Yes, it is. Um, and I just wanted to all have Although, a good laugh. And I hate to say this, but when Richard almost drowns and gets electrocuted in an inch of water. And, um, and yeah. Tina Mordrino dies. Yeah, yeah. In, that, in that same inch of water. She gets <laughs> electrocuted and dies. Guys, sometimes tragedy's fun. You know, that's a weird class of interns that never really went anywhere with Gaius Charles um, as Ross. And um, I, that's one of my least favorite characters Ross of all time. Yeah. Sucks so hard. That one, I think Gaius Charles was just coming out of Friday Night Lights so hot that they were like, we got to get him. We don't have a character, but we yeah. got to get him. We still don't have a character. <laughs> yeah. No character ideas. You just gave him like a sexual attraction to Christina in a way that just made no sense. It just was so. And after Tina Margarino dies, he's like, we got to get to know each other. And it was very weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. So, okay. So you chose a cyber attack, which I am boldly not sharing a clip yeah, yeah, from. Yeah. No, I, I just thought it. we'd all have a good laugh. And I just, <laughs> we do. Know. Correct. Cool. You, and you're job. right. I thought we need a little levity with everything else we were going to talk about. But then you chose, oh my God. Yours went so deep. Even though we'd already decided tragedy when I read yours, I was like, no, but not like. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but like. So first of all, you have Henry's death. I am a Henry Stan. I fucking For love life. him. Scott Foley is a treasure. He mm-hmm. is so Team Null. I the fact that we have let him do Whiskey Cavalier is just the <laughs> hey, cruelest thing ever. I am watching Whiskey Cavalier. Oh, wow. I'm watching it too. He is better than that, and he deserves more from all of us. But I'm going to watch everything he does for the rest of my life and his. I'm starting again. to really love Whiskey Cavalier. Oh wow! I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm, a, I'm not. I'm. I still have some. How many up to do? How many episodes? Have I think you seen? I'm on four. Have you Three? seen the wedding? No, that's the first. I think good episode. Okay. 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 I will. I Phew. like I said. I will live every day of the rest of my life for Scott Foley. Here, here's um, a little uh, Gray's trivia, which I'm sure many people who are listening know, but his wife in real life played Minnick. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dr. Minnick. One of, truly one Very of the, I think, I think one of the most hated Grey's characters of, of all, all time. time. Like, like the fan base detested her and I think they really had big plans for her and they got her the hell out of there. Yeah, for her own safety. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no one wants... I mean, it's so sad because it's like you can't choose what type of... To find out that they have a huge arc for you 
in Grays, and then to be hated that much by that big of a fan base, like yeah. that's that's suck. truly awful. But at the end of the day, she got Scott Foley, so like I'm not feeling too bad. No, she, no, no, we're not she bad she did she's done good work in her life. If you if someone were like, hey, you could be on Grays Anatomy for 15 years, or you could marry Scott Foley, Scott Foley every day. Wow, I'd have to think about it. Wow. That's I have thought about it and I think Felicity <laughs> was an idiot and it was Noel oh, all day know, every day. We know Felicity was an idiot. Um also married IRL but not together on the show, uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh Hillary uh Burton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know what? I would love to bring back Hillary Burton. Bring her oh, back. back. Bring her back. Bring also, her back. Haley Joe, who played um, Joe's abusive uh, ex-husband's, ex-husband's wife, wife, bring her back. Oh, she uh, was wonderful. Bethany Joy Lynn. Thank you. What did I call her? Haley Joe, but that's the same name. <laughs> you're not. You. You're not wrong. I was thinking Haley because she's Haley from One Tree Hill. Yeah, she's. Ha- yeah, no. Yeah, you're, you're right. Right. Yeah, thank you're you. You're not and then wrong. You you're Joe, right because Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'll die on this hill. I need everyone. I need every one Tree Hill cast member. Yeah. I will see James Lafferty in that white coat. <laughs> I will um, see it. The fact that we haven't seen it yet is absolutely I mean, I've seen it it's right up here in my brain. <laughs> That's so true. But um, when I rewatched this episode with uh, Henry, there are intricacies that yeah. I had forgotten yep. that make it a tragedy. Like, it's, it is, mm-hmm. it was going to be a tragedy no matter what, but. For those of you mainly, who need it, maybe is in some ways the biggest tragedy of the well, series. I, I think that that is it's heartbreaking because like I was rewatching it too, and there's that they develop that thing where so for anyone who doesn't remember, yes, Teddy marries uh, Henry because Henry is a patient who she meets who has like no more health insurance. He's been like over three years. He spent like two hundred something days in the hospital, and he has it's all bad, and so she's just very like. Florence Nightingale says, yeah. I'll marry you. So they enter into like a marriage of convenience, but they fall in love with each other, like and, real love. And such a good, it's such good TV. And it's such a slow patient thing because it starts off with like, she's dating and she'll, after bad dates, come over and they're like decompressed. But then trauma psychologist comes back to town who she'd had a thing with and they pick oh, back up. Right. And British that, guy. The Brit- uh, and there's um, this episode where he, Henry, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, Henry, like sets out this beautiful meal and he sets the table and he lights candles because that he's like tonight she's going to come over and she's going to complain about this day, but he's going to make his move. And <sighs> he goes to open the door and he goes, and, and he's like, before he opens the door all the way, he goes, how was the date? She goes, well, it's still kind of happening. And he never opens the door enough for her to then see all the heart, like all the effort he put into the dinner. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, there's just like, so like it was such a patient, like, way for them to fall in love and I and it felt like how friends do do that sometimes yeah and it was that thing and it was that thing where like until she actually chose to be with him I thought the tragedy was going to be he was going to like that she that like they could have fallen in love but she was like you're going to die so I don't yeah but then she overcame everything she overcame having other choices she overcame she had every opportunity to get away and be happy and she said no I love you more and would rather love you for the minute that I have with you. Yeah. Never love you at all. And so he needs a heart surgery. Ugh. Obviously, she can't do it. Nope. She wants Christina to do it. But Christina, knowing that it would be Henry on the table would be too much. So they literally like Lighter. drape him mm-hmm. in a way that you can't see his face and just bring her in to operate. <sighs> she finds out after he dies on the table that it's Henry. She has breakdown yeah and, and also the person who did this was owen owen her husband and teddy's, teddy's best you know, friend sort of soulmate yes. whatever and then in the 
But then the thing that I forgot that was the double fucked up thing yeah. is that then Teddy is in surgery during all of yes. this. Yep. So that she and she needs an assist. And so Owen comes to get Christina and is like, Teddy needs you and mm-hmm. you can't tell her that Henry died. Yeah. And so she comes into the OR and Teddy's like, you got, you get why I had to do that. Right. Like, yeah. you know, think, are you mad at me? Like, I hope you're not mad at me. And Christina has to be like, no, I'm not mad. And it's so fucked up because these are two women that had, oh, they just like, <sighs> oh, that relationship. Oh. So the clip that we have. Oh God. Is, is telling. Buckle up, buckle up folks. Is telling. Trigger warnings Teddy. abound. Oh, it's awful. Here we go. I kept her close. Christina, can I speak to you privately, please? What's up? You okay? When we brought your husband into the OR, we originally thought we could go in with a bronchoscope and a laser. However, there was a lot of bleeding, so we had to open him up. Wait, you, you, wait, no, Owen said that- When we opened him up, we saw that his tumor had eroded his pulmonary artery. Dr. Weber and I both used extraordinary measures. No, uh, no, no. We used extraordinary measures, but his heart could not tolerate the excessive bleeding. He did not survive the surgery, I'm sorry. You're saying, you're saying he's dead? Yes. Say it. Teddy. When you inform the family, you have to say it so that they know that it's really happening. It's the first thing that you're taught. I never really thought about it, but now I get it and, um, Christina, I need you, I need you to say it. Henry is dead. to the tragedy it was his heart ultimately like yeah and she was a heart doctor and she couldn't operate on him but she was operating at the time and like my god yeah yeah that is that is a rough clip i love teddy so much i just like it's her coming home yeah 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 Oh my gosh. But this ties into why I'm such a hardcore Karasik fan because because of Henry, we've seen Teddy be loved and we've seen what Teddy being loved can look like. And for me, because I've lived through Henry, I know Owen's not right. Interesting. In any way, shape, Mm. or form. And even though Karasik came on strong as this asshole, I see more of Henry and Karasik than I do in Owen. Oh, oh, for definitely. sure. Yeah, Henry yeah. and Owen have like nothing, nothing to do in with common. each other. Yeah, I just, yeah. 
I mean, we're not going to get into it, but like yeah. Owen has not treated Teddy well the way that all. she does. No, no, to, he doesn't treat people well. Yeah. No, and period. Yeah, that's yeah, true. and it's like when I and I believe and I Teddy knows what it's like to be in, like true yeah. love. Like she knows, totally. she knows. Anyways, <sighs> and I can't believe it. The hits keep coming. You also chose Mark's death. <laughs> this this one, per, I think Henry's as written might be the most tragic, but this one gets me the most. Well, Kate, I have full discretion to like. At least once a week, Caitlin and I on some platform of communication talk about how we miss Mark Sloan. Like, yeah. I really miss him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it sucks that the end of his arc was the way that it was. Yeah. Like, I re- like even though it was him telling Lexi that he loved her and stuff, like that was satisfying to get. But like, it sucked that they weren't together at the end. It sucked yeah. that like his daughter was such a big part of the last mm-hmm. season that he was on the show. Like. I mean, it's realistic in that way of like you don't get to have like a last hurrah in your life no. necessarily. Yeah. Like, it, you, I, and I, th- yeah, yeah. Some but people do die too soon. Many people do. But I, and again, geez. it's one of those like tragedies that just reverberated through so many character storylines for so long. Yeah, yeah. So great memorial. And I actually think about this part of it a lot because I I took the part where he wakes up and ha- and they. And they're saying they're denying that it's a surge, and then they, and then I, the part where Mark realizes that he's going to die. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's just let's just rip the band aid. I shouldn't have gone home. Is he okay? Did he code? Just come see. Oh God, where the hell is Shepard? Avery, tell me what's going on. Torres, where you been? Pretty amazing recovery, right? Yeah, his sats are good. He's been weaned off pressers. Yeah, BP's 110 over 60. And he's making inappropriate sexual comments to Brooks. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no, it's it's not. But uh, right now I'm really, really enjoying it, so. Mm. <laughs> you think it's a surge? Mm. Mm, might be. I don't, I don't think it is. What's the surge? In many terminally ill patients, they have a final surge of energy. They get better before they get worse. But this is not that. But in a little while, he'll do what all patients do. <laughs> he'll have epiphanies. He'll tell you what really matters in life. I ask for his family. Man is telling dirty jokes. It's not a, a surge. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Uh, uh, the number of characters in that scene that are dead is so alarming. <laughs> Half. Fully half. Yeah. There were six doctors and three of them are dead now. Oh my god. Yeah, that's And a- Callie doesn't work there anymore. No. I was rough for a lot of reasons. It's just uh, Weber and uh Avery. In the beginning yeah. there was Weber. In the end. Weber's going Weber. nowhere. <laughs> Weber's going nowhere. My obsession with James Pickens Jr. could also be its own episode yeah. of this yeah. podcast. I love him. Oh uh, yeah. I mean uh, yes. Okay, yeah. now here's this also, this other oh part. Oh my god, sorry. Okay. Okay, no, go. please, I like the pain. <sighs> is this what I think it is? There's no way to know. We'll just take it as it comes, okay? That's it, that's um, the whole thing. It's awful, though. Just to <laughs> see... It ha- that scene is like just two minutes after the first one. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's. It's interesting. I forgot how that's built. Yeah. That Weber 
knows right away. Yeah. That it, and you don't, even though Weber's like the way more experienced doctor, most of his plot lines involve him learning something new from people younger. But this is one where he like spots it right away. Yeah. I think it's also because he was one of the few that had enough distance still. Yeah, he's not best friends with Mark. No, because I think that was one of the things about Mark's character like that you don't expect when you first meet him. Because he had, like, he sort of had, uh, he was the sexy bad guy at first, but then he, like, was the good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, like, weaseled his way into, like, there wasn't a character on that show that he wasn't in- involved with in yeah. some meaningful way. And that's a plastics guy, so that's hard to do. Yeah. He's, Re- like, rewatching that episode last night. I forgot how they did that with all those time jumps and mm-hmm. showing us right the the immediate aftermath of the crash and then kind of catching us up to the present. That that was a really uniquely structured episode that worked out really well. Yeah, yeah, because at the beginning of that episode, they're it's been he's been in a coma for many days, right? Yeah, and they think they're going to have to take him off life support, but then yeah, he because wakes up. you because later in that scene, uh, not that exact scene, but like. Time wise, in that scene with Weber, he signs a DNR. Yeah, yep. and it, and it's truly such a shocking experience as oh audience because like you get used to like oh it's the beginning of a new season we get it he signed his contract and then he wakes up you're like okay cool and then when he dies I truly didn't see it coming totally I was yeah. I it may be the most shocking death when he survived. The, the season break. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I had no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. You just, you get it in your head. You're like, I know how TV works. They built in the possibility, but they figured it out and he's here to stay. Well, and that's how it worked with um, the cliffhanger with George and uh, Izzy. Yeah. You, they both are like crashing. They get into this like imaginary death elevator. He's in his, God. his uh, uniform. military uniform. She's in her pink end of season two dress mm. and you don't know who is gonna, gonna make get it. off the elevator or yeah. not and George doesn't make it and Izzy does and even though she eventually leaves the show I mean she doesn't die and that was kind of the precedent that I think was set hmm. yeah for me at least yeah yeah yeah. Right. yeah we were trained to believe that and they really subverted us yeah. in a te- devastating way yeah this last scene, I'm like a little from you. I'm a little worried about watching. It's from the shooting episode, oh. and it's specifically Bailey, Mandy mm-hmm. Moore, and intern Charles, who have gone through a horrible, horrible ordeal. Charles has been shot. Mandy Moore's husband went to go get her pizza, a burger, something, yeah. something. and um. They have dragged him out. They've like stabilized him mm-hmm. as much as they can. They need to get him down to an OR. And Bailey realizes that the elevators have been turned off. Guys, I'm really sorry about the ones I picked. No, no. I started you light did it right. With hacker intern, but we've taken some some dark turns. This is, but it's a tragedy. This is one of my favorite acted scenes in the 15 years of this is Grace. this is a Chandra Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Triumph. Triumph. It is, it is unreal. Like this, when anytime I see Bailey floundering in a season, I remember that she's what she's capable she's of. She's great with this. Uh, the next Mandy Moore episode too. <sighs> yeah, she's amazing in that. Uh, and what I think actually partially justifies this as being just such a tragedy is like Mandy Moore also ends up dying. Yeah, and they never get an answer why. Like yeah. 
that the autopsy is inconclusive. She yeah. survives this horrible thing. And oh, then it's she insane. just, yeah. It's insane what she goes through. Awful. Just to then. Ugh. Okay, let's do it. Okay. We'll be right at the OR floor. We're almost there. Almost there. Okay, Charles? Uh, yeah, just a few more minutes. Dr. B? There's a hum. Elevators make when they're on. There's a hum. There's no hum. What does that mean? It means the elevators up there. Oh! The elevators are working! The elevators are working! We need to get to the alarm! Turn the elevators back on! Turn them back on! Oh, damn it! Please, Dr. B. What are we gonna do? All that you will What are we gonna do? Dr. B. We'll leave you in the morning. Right. It's so sad. It's I, it, uh, the whole episode die. is uh, the whole episode is so crazy. Yeah, and you think that like because it's kind of crazy, it's not gonna fuck you up. But it, it real there's no choice. It fucks you up. Like I dare someone to find an episode of network television right. as daring as this. Like it's so awful. Like when he, like, like I was rewatching it too. And like that moment when he just shoots that, uh, the intern uh -huh. in the it, uh -huh. point blank in the head. April's and best friend. April's right? best friend. Yeah. Reed. Reed. Yeah. Which is also speaking of like tragedy, like yeah. the stuff of like stuff that doesn't have to be that bad, but they make it that bad. When intern Charles does die, he's yeah. like, he tells Bailey, he's like, will you do something for me? Will you tell Reed I love her? Like, I've yeah, never yeah. told her. And she's like been dead for hours Ever, at yeah. this point. Ugh, yeah. It's so. That episode, just like every time you think you've hit rock bottom, there's a new rock bottom. Like, and it starts, it, it's a two-parter and it starts with Meredith finding out she's pregnant. I know. And yes. that's a really hard, yeah. She has a miscarriage during the shooting, right? Well, she yeah. doing surgery. She's because she's, yeah, the stress of everything. Which, I mean, I mean, of course. And I do have to say, we've shit on Owen a lot during this podcast, but I I think one of the greatest Owen episodes is this one. Yeah. Like when he walks, when he tells um, Meredith uh, and, them to, and April to like stay hidden and he like stays calm when he walks into the room with the active shooter. Yeah. That's holding. And he's like, I'm just going to go check on them for a second when they're in the um, the scrub room, mm -hmm. and they and the and Gary Clark has come in with the gun and has a gun to Christina's head. Yeah. Oh. And then watching Meredith think that Derek's dead, and they all pretend he's dead just to get him 
the shooter and that's go a away. heroic jackson moment heroic jackson mm. moment it's like because oh. jackson takes the sensors off of the heart so that they'll think that he's flatlined yeah so I that mean. the shooter will leave yeah it's, it's um sh- also just the way that meredith says that she's miscarrying I know. she knows and she's like it's fine i am having a miscarriage yeah i think about that a lot me too so matter of fact i think it's what a lot of women would do yeah in the yeah. in the immediate moment yeah, i mean you grieve course. and you have this horror i mean yeah but it's like in that immediate moment of like there's some a task that needs to be done it's like I'm, it's fine i think i'm having a miscarriage it's insane that episode how many different moments we see of like women just being fucking strong like many more in this moment when yeah mm-hmm. bailey finally breaks many more going Shh, there's still someone there like and there's her, still like, a shooter potentially a, on the floor and like, like we don't want to make a sound and and just like she's a patient in a hospital and she's yeah. like, I don't know, man. This is the episode where I feel the Mercy West interns become Seattle Grace yes. interns. Those that live, they become part of the family. Trashy, yeah, absolutely. Jackson and Bridges uh, the Gap. April. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. Okay. I chose two clips. My clips are two patient clips and they don't necessarily have the reverberations that your guys' did, but they are just like two of the two that just like really stick with me. Like when I think about like my personal tragedy episodes, it's like, these are the ones. So the first one is from season 22, uh, season 22. Season season two, episode 22. So you can understand why I got tripped up. God, I hope that one day I can say this is from season 22. Yeah. I I mean, I don't, I don't hope I can say that, but I, but what if I can't? That's a scary thought. Yeah. You're going to be able to say it. And what's going to be wild is that it's going to be the episode I finally book. So (laughs) yeah. Former guest Lauren Rickman. Oh my God. We all need, we all need our, to have time on there. Sloan's ghost wife. (laughs) (laughs) Like. Honestly, I could see myself playing a character that comes to the hospital talking about her husband and it turns out she married a ghost. Yeah, that's that tracks for me. (laughs) This is a Lori Metcalf episode. Okay. I mean, yep. So Lori Metcalf plays a woman who's come in and her teen daughter's just kind of like being a bitch because they spend a lot of time in in hospitals, which like is realistic. Like when you have a sick parent or when there's like mm-hmm. a recurring medical issue, it's like being in a hospital is not necessarily like a stressful thing. It's more of an annoying thing. And mm-hmm. it's also unpleasant. You don't like it. It's uncomfortable to be there. And like, you just, it's like, can I go do this? Can I go do that? And Lori Metcalf has kept from her daughter how sick she is. Um, and Lori Metcalf finds out that she is going to die. And I, I think that someone kind of, tells her that she needs to tell her yeah, daughter. Yeah, I think that does happen. Um, and so her daughter comes in just like, and the daughter is a really good actor too. To be able to hold a candle to Laurie Metcalf is pretty right. uh, impressive. And it's this scene that uh, is just, it just kind of destroys me. So we'll see what happens. Study hard. Keep your grades up. But starting next year, you're going to want to take two AP classes a semester if you want to get into a decent college. Mom, this is really morbid. And your Aunt Sue is kind of lazy when it comes to personal hygiene. So you may have to be the one to remind her when it's time to get your eyebrows waxed or get your hair cut. But eventually, she'll get the routine down. Can we not have this conversation? Oh, this might sound random. But wear underwear with pantyhose. I know it might feel a little bulky, 
but honestly, it's a little slutty not to, and also that's how you get yeast infections. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> this is totally gross. And marry a kind man, one who's nice to his mother. Now, if he lives with his mother, you run the opposite way. Mom, I'm not getting married. You will someday. And when that day comes, just have one glass of champagne. And then you drink water for the rest of the night because there's nothing tackier than a drunken bride. Mom, I don't want to. Why? Honey, I've been sick for a long time, and the doctors don't think that I'm going to get better. <laughs> Amelia, listen to me. Look at me. Amelia, this is important. <laughs> this one is, is really the important one. Someday, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to feel overwhelmed by this little life that you're responsible for. And you're going to think, worry that everything you do is wrong. And that's normal. You're going to obsess about what to feed it and where to send it to school and whether it should take violin or piano. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It doesn't matter. Whether your kid is a concert pianist or a math genius, it just doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is if your kid is happy. So you're going to feel sad for a little while. And that's OK. That's, that's fine. But don't feel sad for it. OK. You can promise me that. You promise me that you won't feel sad for too long. OK. Thank you. You should make me feel much better. Uh, uh, like it just fucks me up yeah i think there are just so few like really pedestrian tragedies that happen on Grey's yeah. where you see like a scene that that that's that long that doesn't include any doctors mm -hmm. that's just like yeah. the most common tragedies that people yeah. have it's it's just it's very it's very realistic and that's I imagine really similar to the type of advice that my mom, like, you know, it's just right. the blend. It's like the blend of like the really hyper specific of like, you know, exactly what kind of mom she is right. versus like those big life lessons. And I, th I think that Gray's so rarely, especially these days goes that small. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. just like a, that is like it, to me, that's like just one of the when I think of like tragic cases, yeah. I think of that one because it's like that happens all the time. Yeah. Right. And it's the worst thing. But it's like it happens, right. literally happens yeah. to everybody. You know, it's funny when I was caregiving myself at the hospital with my mom, I would watch a ton of Grey's Anatomy, yeah. which people always thought was insane. And literally sometimes the beeps would go off and I wouldn't know if it was from the show or in the room. But like it somehow being in that world and seeing it reflected was super comforting to me. Yeah. Um, it was like my go to 100 percent. I remember getting a text from you going, oh, God, I can't tell where the beeps are coming from. <laughs> yeah. You know, err on the side that they're in the room. Get up and look around. But <laughs> that's my advice to anyone binge watching Grey's Anatomy while taking care of their mom in the hospital. Um, and also Lori Metcalf uh, 
in real life was married to Thatcher. Yeah. yeah. I forget And now name. Thatcher, uh, uh, Jeff Perry. Jeff Perry. And now he's married to Betsy Beers, the casting director for all of Shonda hey, shows. Good work. And now Jeff <laughs> Perry's dead on Grace. Yeah. Right. Mm. But he <sighs> was on uh, Scandal, Scandal for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And he was a teacher on um, My So-Called so Life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was one of the founders of like the Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. <laughs> yeah. Why do we talk okay, to each so- other? <laughs> so we're all Just clear on Jeff, on Jeff Perry's uh, marriages, get- <laughs> career, art. And they have a daughter. Secretly, this is just all a guy was on an episode. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. If your yeah. parents are Jeff Perry and Laurie Metcalf. I know. Can you imagine? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> yeah. God. Ooh. So that, yeah, that's that episode just... And the storytelling of Karev, like just in the background watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love really, that kind of stuff. It's really cool when you think about like Karev's journey and how like little moments like that got us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but John Goodman's never been on an episode, right? Not yet. No, not yet. I mean, that's, that's, that's the patient we need big time. <sighs> yeah. We've got ABC renewing the Connors on the condition. He's got to come over. <laughs> <laughs> Come over, baby. Oh. The water's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I got to see that. Episode. Sarah Gilbert was on one as well, as far yeah. as Roseanne cast. Wow. They really She's do just pick too. shows. And she go. also died of cancer. <laughs> oh my God. John Goodman, come over, die of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> see your oh. friend Chuck. His name's Weber in this world. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my God. One more clip. I can't believe we're here. Okay. So this one, I, this to me is a, I was thinking about this clip because I was I I'm as always really thinking about the therapy arc. Yeah. We recently we were talking about it on the show, and there's a moment where Christina has this patient, and hearing him talk about his pain clarifies what her what Meredith must be going through because mm-hmm. he says that his pain is always at an eight, and right. she and she kind of isn't visibly moved, but is clearly like. Something like breaks open with her thinking about what it must actually be like to live with a high level of pain. And she thinks about how Meredith lives like that. And she ends up going to talk to Dr. Wyatt to be like, you can't let Meredith quit therapy. Like Mm -hmm. she lives her life at an eight. But that so that was why I was thinking about this. But I think that this is just another case that I think of as being a tragedy because it's this older man who has an incredible amount of like he has a headache. He has like the worst. He has like a migraine twenty four seven for like fifteen years or ten years or something horrible. And he's been to all these doctors. And uh, Sloan ends up like finding like a bone up in his nasal cavity, and he like presses on it, and the pain is released. And it's this really simple surgery that's going to completely change this man's life. And he's been this extremely lethargic, depressed person. And when Christina goes in to prep him for surgery, they have this conversation. And um, I'll, I guess I can talk a little bit more about why specifically I think it's a tragedy when we're done with the clip. All right. Mr. Patmore, I'm just going to draw some blood and uh, place a topical decongestant before I take you to surgery. Absolutely, of course. How's your pain level now? Eight. It's always at eight. 
Well, it looked like you had some relief. I've spent seven years. I've seen 39 doctors. I've tried every kind of painkiller and nothing helps. I've had doctors tell me it's my imagination. That I'm crazy. Call me a drug addict. My wife died last year. After spending years carting me around, doctor after doctor, test after test, she died. She was my best friend. She was my favorite person. And she died. And I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel that pain because I was so completely occupied with this one. And now I finally know what's wrong and Dr. Sloan is gonna fix it. So you're right. You're right that I'm feeling some relief. It's like it's a positive moment, mm. but his story is just like so sad to me, and I think about it all the time. Because <laughs> people go die undiagnosed all the, all time. the time, and, and yeah. or misdiagnosed or things, something like that. And there's just something about like the tragedy of. I mean, this happens a lot, at, like Seattle Grace, right. where it's like no other doctor could figure it out except mm-hmm. for the doctor at this hospital, but. That's the dream. The dream is that after no one can find out what's wrong with you, which is something that happens all the time, you finally find someone who will. And just the story about like this older man who spent the last decade of his marriage being like, yeah, it just just like it it makes me just very sad. (laughs) And I don't know. For me, that's like a top trage. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, again, something that like Grace doesn't necessarily get credit for, but it's like something that they like are really serious about is like, you know, patients being their own advocates. So we've seen that Mm -hmm. storyline in different ways, but it's really important because like I had a friend who, you know, she's in her thirties and only about a year or two ago, um, they finally got the right right diagnosis. She'd sort of um, been diagnosed with various uh, mental health sort of diagnoses uh, over her life, but really she's been having these seizures. Oh my God. Like constant seizures um, that were misdiagnosed as like anxiety or this, that, and the other. So not only was she not getting like treatment that she should have, she was also taking medication she didn't need to be for like most of her life. Right. Um, And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Gray's doing the work. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, the the Bailey heart attack episode, like, kind of, like, tackled that head on where it's, like, she knew the symptoms of a heart attack and no one believed her that she was having a heart attack. But, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, an undercurrent through all 15 seasons even Mm -hmm. that, you know, not the very special episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, those were the clips. God, a lot of tragedy. We did the tragedy. I feel... Wild right now. Yeah, yeah I, feel I feel unhinged. Raw. I feel utterly unhinged, unhinged. is the right word. Yeah. Unhinged <laughs> is the right word. I am unmoored. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. I'm in my feels. What did we do to ourselves? Oh jeez. Uh, I just want to watch more Grey's Anatomy. That's yeah. all I want to do. Not, I know that's all I, I want to go home and, and put on my Grey's Anatomy sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I love this show so much. It's so special to me. It's been, it's been the most important resource for me emotionally for such a long time through such bizarre periods of needing. Why do you think it never... So it's been nominated for acting awards in the Emmys. Has it ever been nominated for writing? I think, I think it all comes down to like how the initial marketing, which was set bad, it, up. it wasn't great. Yeah, because it needed to set itself apart from ER, and it did that by being like the sexy show. Yeah, and it's called Grey's Anatomy, which is like semi like you know sexual reference as well as being and it was it came out when desperate housewives was the number one show on the network right which really and set a tone for abc it was a mid-season premiere and mm -hmm. at the beginning of that season had house premiered yeah and i think that as far as like what that's so funny what medical show was occupying it like that conversation and prestige yep. house was that yeah. which is crazy in the sense that house also has bizarre unrealistic yeah. cases that's kind of the whole point but it has this reputation as being a more like serious sardonic show even though Grey's is both more dramatic and funnier than House and has I think better acting all around yeah but I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty unfortunate I mean I think that there's in general kind of a larger cultural preference for male anti-heroes mm -hmm. and kind of this like the complexity that a character like Christina and Meredith. Yeah. Like that is absolutely on the level of like a Walter White. It yeah. Just, but it's a feminine show. It feels yeah. double in related issues. One is just pure sexism, but the other is just, I think, an anti-ensemble bias. Yes. Which is, those do tend to be also female shows where it's like you see a collaborative group of people. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I, when I was on Justin uh, Chambers' Wikipedia page today, sure, none related to being on this podcast. It's just a place to well, go. It's just a safe place to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Try to remember his kids' names and that stuff. <laughs> All actually, five of them. I, actually, I was trying to remember what his wife looked like. I remember now. Um, Great. But like I was looking at the awards one and like they won so many awards for ensemble. Yes, they won like a SAG, SAG award. Yeah. yeah. And I was and like, I think yeah. people's choice early on, maybe. Yeah, and awards that I need to go and Google now because I was like, I don't even know what that means, but yeah. Sounds like a party I want to go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's tough because I worry that the number of seasons and like the how long running the show is will eclipse conversations about it's quality like yes it Shonda will. Rhimes rightfully gets a lot of credit for you know colorblind casting um female driven shows kind of changing the game owning a night of network television like she gets all that credit but it's so broad it includes yeah. all of her properties whereas I think Grey's as a show deserves yeah again I think it's like some need to make it about one person yeah so they make it about Shonda even though like she has like a great team, a team and you know well and something that I think like you said earlier use this word consistency too like it's like I think the thing that's like remarkable about this show is like that that very thing we were talking about is like cast can change like approach can change the times can change but like these characters that have remained yeah remain so true like they've aged and grown and evolved in a way that like doesn't erase the journey that we started on. Except totally. for Amelia. 
They did do a reset. Yeah, they did. But it was but medical. Even, but it was medical. But even with Amelia, like, I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating because all of her stuff with addiction is actually it all makes sense and very like, consistent. I think go back if you decide to like go finish private practice. It all kind of tracks for me in hmm. a weird way. Like I think like things about Amelia that I just like. Yeah, she like it. It all makes sense to me in a weird way. Yeah. Oh. We've come to the last part of this pod, oh, geez. Yeah. which is um, a Shondalog, okay. as each of you are so familiar mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll play a song. I think, you know, since there are the two of you, I'm just going to totally play audience and let you two just oh, wow. each do one. Wow. And, Amazing. Um, and really... Really go for it. Um, let me just pull up this Monster Grace playlist. Uh, it could also be known as Lauren's Commute playlist. It's so big. I listen to it so often. Also, a lot of my, like, I was realizing this week how much of, like, my favorite music has come to me by way of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, totally. Like, I was listening to one of uh, your episodes, uh, Nicole, mm-hmm. and... One of the songs underneath one of the Shondala. <laughs> I was like, I know the song. It's funny. To it a lot. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Which of you would like to go first? Oh, man. Well, you go first. I, I have, like okay. you have, I have an idea. Okay. Okay. But I I'm, have a song request then. Oh, my God. You have a song request? Yes. Yeah. What's your song request? <laughs> um, either. I have one of two songs. Um, either Wait. By go set uh, set go or whatever or somewhere only we know um, both on the Grey's Anatomy soundtrack oh, because yeah. um, I actually <laughs> on the way here had an idea that I um, this is actually an audition um, so if anyone uh, from Grey's is watching okay. this um, I think that Link as a character hasn't really been fully explored yet and oh I think, yeah I can't um, believe even in a combat no well that's the biggest problem is that he's just not on anyone's minds and so um, I would love. Uh, to come in maybe as a doctor maybe as a patient I don't know um, but definitely uh, an unexpected love interest and um, so I have a, a monologue for Link oh my god okay here we go okay. oh. Link you can't do this you can't sit there and take my words and throw them back in my face and use them as some sort of armor You can't sit there and try to pretend like you're doing this for me when really all you're being is a coward. You walk through this hospital like you walk through life with this big smile on your face and this everything's gonna be okay attitude, but you know what? You're a coward. You are... You're hiding, and you're not really living life. And I know that this isn't what either one of us expected. And I know it doesn't make any sense on paper. And I know that it's ridiculous. But I also think it could be really amazing. And I know better than a lot of people. Like, you know how precious life is and the fact that we we can't take it for granted that we have all the time in the world because you never know when it's going to run out and I don't want to sit around and hope that tomorrow's going to be better or hope that something's going to happen the way I want it to. I know I have to take a risk and I have to I have to say it out loud Link 
I was in it before I knew it had started, and I love you, Link, and I don't care. I don't care what anyone else says about it, okay? I'm ready to take a risk if you are. Oh wow. my god. <laughs> and Link responds by cutting his hair again. <laughs> That's his Holy only shit. That really wrecked me because wow. that could be in the show tomorrow. Thank you so much. And you could be in the show tomorrow. Thank you so much. And you are. And We're you far are in the show. <laughs> Krista, Betsy. Oh my God. Jeff Perry's here just with his wife. He loves you. The meanest April Fool's joke ever would be to send a fake offer email. Um, No, but I just wanted to shout out to Link because, you know, when Nashville got canceled, I thought it was maybe the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And then when his pretty little face showed up at Gray's, I was like, hmm. This was for me. And then they've just not used wow. him well. well. We've not seen a Connie Britton episode of Grace, have we? Wow. No, but we have. Oh, but did you know that Shonda famously said the only death she regrets was when she killed off Kyle, Kyle Chandler. Chandler? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Messed up. Yeah. Pink mist. Pink mist. Are you ready, Caitlin? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, um, because you don't have a song request, I could potentially choose a song that is too upbeat, but we'll see what happens. It doesn't matter. I'll. She'll make it Go work. With the flow. Um, this is going to be um, the first VO of a spinoff, uh, which takes place at the high school where Betty slash Brittany attends. No, I hate oh you so much. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. Nope, I oh love my it. God. Oh, my God. I hate Betty. Please. I can't wait. Okay. I can't wait. Oh, my God. There we go. You're sick for this. There's a lot of ways to save lives. Thank you. Cops. <laughs> Firefighters. <laughs> Lawyers. <laughs> and doctors. <laughs> but I'm none of those things. <laughs> One patient. No, I have twenty-five <laughs> every forty-five minutes. <laughs> I am a teacher. <laughs> I don't just save lives. I give life. <laughs> oh my god! And then Betsy's last Brittany walks back into the room. Oh my oh god! My god! First of all. <laughs> First of all, clearly there's a lot of like pent up, pent up sadness about all the clips we watched. The guy, because we're all crying. Unleashed. Um, and the spinoff about Britney. I'm so Britney. scared that the show's going to get made. <laughs> and I'm going to have to watch it. It's fine. I'll take a very low level staff writing position, Shonda. No problem. It was my idea, but I don't need the credit. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I. I guess there's a chance, there's actually an extremely good chance that people wouldn't know who Betty is. <laughs> Amelia and Owen. 
for back and, to and not, I'm not accidentally calling her Betty sometimes and Brittany other times. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Amelia takes in a, a young, a young drug addict, drug addict named Betty, who they later find out's real name is Brittany. <laughs> and by take in, she we just mean she's just like, hey, come stay with me. She doesn't talk to the foster care system. There's some or ask her explanation and, of like, and, yeah, we called someone and. Also, Betty di- does have a baby. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That was. <laughs> oh, my God. But the teachers, I can't believe that is that is going to be a Shondaland show. Just to say what I do is more complicated. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, oh, my God. But waiting for you to answer what she does was how I felt from the first moment she entered the screen. I'm like, yeah, what is your purpose? <laughs> um, you guys have seen her Instagram, right? No, no, because I have so. I, Are you guys? I don't think I have. What the? F- it's I. It's intentional, but like I will get into it with you right now. Okay, because we, she's safely we off the show. Definitely have to wrap this up, but I will. I, but I need to tell you what her name is. Okay, okay. her name is Peyton maybe, Kennedy. Okay, maybe I do follow, but I don't think I've paid attention to. I, and uh, and everything that she posts are just like these, like really, like. Slightly happy selfies with <laughs> captions like "We are such stuff as dreams are made on." The hashtag the Tempest, or I mean, she's a sweet girl. Hashtag this, the Tempest. Hashtag the Tempest. Peyton. So she's named after a One Tree Hill character, which I like. I like that. I do. I do like that. Same face. Wow. Hope you had an amazing they, long weekend. Hashtag President's Day. They look like missing person <laughs> photos. Yep. <laughs> This is just a boomerang of her in a hat dancing with the ha- caption Mad Hatter hashtag knitters of Instagram. I can't believe I this can't. girl has been on a broadcast television show. She seems like the lamest one in the popular group. Yeah. Like she's number six, just barely hanging on because they want to even <laughs> oh. numbers. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Thank you guys so much for I mean, doing thank this. You. Thank I, you. Honestly. I, this, is, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> yeah. Easily, I've be, I also have to be honest. I'm gonna go home and just keep watch watching Grey's Anatomy. Me too. But other than you know, here talking about Grey's, where where can people find you? I mean, both individually, but also together we stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, together we stand is uh, at UCB at Subculture. Our next one is going to be April 28th at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we also have Instagram, which is at there. Every handle is different, so get your pen out. <laughs> Instagram is at we stand together forever. Our Twitter is at together stand. So write that down. P- push the little 10 second rewind button. I um, love but the, a good brand. The show is super fun. If you enjoy Nicole's podcast, I think you're right in the demographic of someone that would love our show. And every single show includes a slide about Grey's Anatomy, regardless of whether it has anything to do with the topic. There are two things you can count on a Grey's Anatomy slide and a Joshua Jackson shout out. Yes. And so come on down for that. You can find me at Caterade on the social media. And I'm at Lauren Ann Berkman on the social media. Oh, man. This. Wow. This is really special. This Nicole. was a special night. Oh, my God. <laughs> this feels like a religious experience. Totally. Yeah. You guys will have to come back. One hundo. Oh, yeah. oh, we have the address. You can't get us <laughs> yeah. right now. The yep. biggest problem is going to be when you have to hire security for this building. <laughs> Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm. 
Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.